You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I get these intros confused now. Why don't we just do the show? <laughs> I, it was my second take and I was about to do Packernet After Dark again. Anyways, I don't remember how this one goes. Too similar, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, on the agenda today, uh, obviously we got to go through the uh, PFF grades and stats and whatnot to take a look at what that's all about. Um... I do want to look at some other statistics and also want to get some more sights and sounds from the locker room, press conferences, and I don't think we have enough time for all that. So we'll see what we can get through. Obviously, we can't spend a lot of time going over this because we have to turn our attention to the Detroit Lions coming up pretty soon. So um, let's do what we did last week and let's actually start with the special teams since it's probably the least interesting. Um, not a great day once again. Um, only one positive grade, and that was Josiah DeGuara. Darnell Savage was the one, only other one that was close behind. Poor grades. Keyshawn Nixon with a 47. Dallin Levitt with a 45. Jonathan Owens with a 40. These are all, like, specifically here to be special teamers. And then Kingsley and Igbari with a 31, and Razul Douglas with a 32. For the record, uh, the bottom three guys are down there because of penalties, which obviously makes sense. Uh, the two tackles were the top two guys, Josiah DeGuara and Darnell Savage. And that's about it. Don't really need to go through the rest of the special teams grades. You know what happened and what didn't happen. Um, all right, let's kick it over to the offense. It was kind of as I expected. Um, I kind of figured it would be similar to last week where there might be two, three, four good grades, and there were two. Technically three if you want to include Keyshawn Nixon's one play, but I don't. The only two grades were Romeo Dobbs and Rashid Walker. That's right. Of the entire offensive line, it's our backup <laughs> filling in for David Bakhtiari that stepped up. And by the way, pretty incredible. Incredible that anybody really, I mean, whether it's him or Zach Tom or whoever that filled in at tackle especially, to deal with that pass rush duo the way that they did is really pretty remarkable. So unfortunately, those are the only positive grades. Um, of the sort of mediocre grades, we then go to uh, Zach Tom was, I mean, it was a 69, so we could probably call that about a good game uh, from him. Also fantastic that we can see him consistently up here. Then it goes to Tavian Wicks, Jordan Love, which honestly the grade is better than I thought it would be. It's a 64. That How high is that compared to the rest of the, is that his highest one yet? No, it's consistent, though. He had a 62.5, 65.9, 63.9. He's the most consistently average quarterback from a grade standpoint, considering the guy um, has been anything but average. I mean, on a play-to-play basis, it's, it's either like, dang it, man, what are we doing? Or um, that was amazing. You'd never know that we're getting the kind of performance from Jordan just based on looking at his grades. But um, yeah, that's, that's almost every single week, almost the exact same grades, and I'm hoping that that gets better. 
That's followed by A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor, Ben Sims, Yash Nyman. Then we get into the below average category. You got Emmanuel Wilson, Josh Myers, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Samore Ture, Malik Heath, Tucker Craft, and way down at the bottom of the 50s, Royce Newman, 50.1. Then 48.3 grade was John Runyon, and then 41 grade was Josiah DeGuara. So I'm starting to get a little um, disillusioned by a few people here. Um, just to pick out a few, John Runyon. I mean, the whole thing with John Runyon is that he's a really good pass blocker and, and like a mediocre run blocker, right? He's like a high 70s pass blocker and like a mid 50s run blocker. His pass blocking grades have been 68, 61, and 71. He has a 69 pass blocking grade, which is not top tier by any stretch of the imagination, but he currently has a 46 run blocking grade. The interior here, especially run blocking, is significantly worse than it has been in the past, and I don't know why all of a sudden we're choosing to get worse. Again, if it was primarily pass blocking, I'm sure many people would say, well, it's because Rodgers left and he made everything better, but the run blocking is what's taken the biggest hit by far, and that doesn't make any sense. The only thing I can think is with Aaron Jones out and A.J. Dillon consistently doing things wrong, the, the offensive line is taking hits, um, whereas they would have been bailed out in the past. For example, it might be hard to give John Runyon a negative grade if, if, AJ, if Aaron Jones has the ability to kind of slip through there real quick before the, 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 the gap closes entirely. That's the best I can come up with, though. I don't know. This is, this is abysmal. And we've been waiting... Well, three weeks now for this to bounce back, and it's not getting better. I mean, granted, this is his first week in the 70s as a pass blocker, so we can maybe see that as growth, but, I mean, this is just not not good enough. Um, Josiah is right now, I mean, he's like the worst tight end in football. I'm not going to bother looking that up, but this is this is embarrassingly bad. Um, his first three years, I mean, it was 56, 55, 57, and, and you kind of hope, like, all right, we got to get better than that. The pass blocking has always been terrible. As a receiver, he's kind of average, whatever. He has a 35 PFF grade right now, uh, receiving grade of 51, pass blocking is 42, and run blocking is 32. I mean, he is just horrifically bad in every facet of football. And uh, makes me sad to say it, I was a fan of Josiah when we got him, but this is this is so far away from not working. I mean, we, we, we would have to travel a long way just to get to not working. And honestly, Josh Myers, I mean, it's, it's, it's the exact same thing as John Runyon. I mean, they were almost identical last year. 74 pass blocking, 54 run blocking. Like, that's semi-acceptable. You hope the run blocking gets a little bit better, but you can tolerate it. Right now, he has a 69 pass blocking and a 47 run blocking. I mean, that's just not good enough, especially for a second-round pick. I can look at Runyon and be like, you know what? For a sixth-round pick, maybe you can be a quality backup, and that's fine. For a second-round pick, this sucks, man. That's not good enough. He doesn't have a single game in the 70s at either pass blocking or run blocking. That's six different grades. Three games, two categories, six grades. Not one of them is in the 70s. Or 80s or 90s. It's just it's just not good enough, flat out. So I'm I'm if things don't pick up, I mean, these two are circled and underlined as people that are potentially going to need to be replaced if we're going to take a step forward in the future. I appreciate the pass blocking. It's been pretty solid, but it can be better, and the run blocking is non-existent, and it's horrific, and it's got to be better than this. And then, you know, I know he's young, but Tucker Craft is is just also not getting it done. 48.9 grade, 48.8 receiving grade. It's just, it's just not working. 
So, you know, we'll, we'll give him time just like we gave Josiah DeGuara time as, as another third round pick tight end. But he is like following that track. Technically, he's worse. I mean, like I said, Josiah was in mid 50s as a rookie. Tucker's in the high 40s right now. Um, anyways, kind of getting into some more of the specifics, Jordan Love, uh, again, 64 overall, 62 passing grade. I'll give him a 66 running grade, which is actually a little surprising. I don't know what he possibly could have done any better, but, um, two big time throws, two turnover worthy plays. His adjusted completion percentage goes from 50% up to 57%, which is really just quite horrific. I mean, I saw somebody had posted a stat about all the dropped passes and everything, and that's fine. But even if you account for dropped passes, if every single dropped pass was a completed pass, his his completion percentage is still much lower than the NFL average. And then, um, you know, while kept clean, he had a 66 passing grade under pressure, a 50 passing grade, which, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not super terrible if he had a better kept clean grade, but eh, I don't know. Then if you look at deep passes, I mean, he was, let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He was two for nine on passes over 20 yards. Two for nine. I mean, come on, man. That's got to be better. Um, and the, the outside left, so deep left part of the field, he completed one of two, so it was a 95.8 passer rating. Deep middle, 39.6 passer rating. And deep right was 18.8 passer rating. He was one for four and a pick. So um, happy with how things are going so far, but I mean, th- there are some issues that absolutely need to take. I'm not talking about minor improvements. These need massive improvements. I'm going to skip the receiving and rushing because some of the stats are just not super interesting, I don't think. Um, again, left tackle Rashid Walker, he had a, a 77 pass blocking grade and a 65 run blocking grade. Kind of a, an embarrassment to the guys on the inside that he did as good as he did up against much tougher competition than they were going up against. He allowed one hurry on the game. He also had a penalty, which isn't great, but still great performance from him. Run blocking, obviously, could have, would have, should have been better, but at this point, a 65 run blocking grade is basically a dominant performance from a Packers offensive lineman. Um, at left guard, we had uh, Royce Newman. Royce put up a pretty tr- typical Royce Newman performance. He had a 50 PFF grade, 53 run blocking, 56 pass blocking, and gave up four pressures in this game. There were only nine total. Nobody gave up more than one except Royce, who gave up four, just to kind of put in perspective how bad of a performance he had. We already talked about Josh Myers uh, in terms of his grades, Uh, 69 pass blocking, 52 run blocking, gave up a hit Um, at right guard. John Runyon, 71 pass blocking, 34 run blocking, no pressures. And then at uh, right tackle, we did have two snaps for Yash Nyman. They were both run blocking, and he had a 60 grade. Zach Tom, I hope he's okay because he was, I would argue, our best offensive lineman. Um, Rashid Walker technically did grade higher. He had a a slightly higher um, pass blocking grade overall. But Zach Tom had a 71.4 pass blocking grade, giving up just one hurry, and a 72 run blocking grade. You know how long it's been since I've seen a 72 run blocking grade? Probably last year sometime. (laughs) Elton and David Bakhtiari can do that once in a while, but Elton's been kind of slow rolling and now he's hurt, and then David Bakhtiari is also out of commission. Fantastic start by Zach Tom, really, truly. A couple other interesting blocking notes. Our highest graded run blocker, Romeo Dobbs. And that was on 21 run blocking snaps. He had a 74.4 run blocking grade. So Dobbs and Zach Tom are the only two on the entire team with a good run blocking grade. 
Offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends, running back, 18 total people, only two had good run blocking grades. I mean, it's just, it's getting to be embarrassing. Um, the worst run blockers on the team, um, Jaden Reed with a 42, Josiah DeGuara with a 39, John Runyon with a 34. John Runyon was our lowest graded run blocker, even amongst wide receivers, <laughs> tight ends, and running backs. I, I know he has tougher assignments, kind of. I mean, when the guys get through, that's when running backs have to pick him up, but Still, I mean, that's just terrible. Um, and then pass blocking, A.J. Dillon, who continues to uh, find ways to disappoint at this point, um, had a the, our worst pass blocking grade of 5.2. He only had one pass blocking assignment, and he gave up a sack on that play. So it's about as bad as you can get. Positive pass blocking grades, the 71 from Runyon, 71.4 from Zach Tom, Patrick Taylor with a 74, who at this point is going to slowly start seeping away snaps from A.J. Dillon um, if things don't start to change. And then Rasheed Walker was the highest. And then we go over to defense, and this is where it gets to be a little bit better. Certainly better than last week. So there were, um, I mean, Devondre went out after 11 snaps, but still, if we include him, 7 out of the 21 had good grades, which is pretty solid for pretty much any performance. Uh, the good grades include tj slayton with a 71 carl brooks 71 Keyshawn nixon 74 razul douglas 75 rashawn gary with a 78 devondre campbell with a 79 and the highest grade was rudy ford with an 88.2 rudy does that i mean he, he did that last year i want to say where he would have these games yeah he had so he had a 75 overall grade which looks great but really if his grade starting in week 10 90 33 90 40, 30, 50, 80, 50. So he has these games where he just freaking balls out and is just locked in, and that was one of those games. Hopefully he doesn't drop to a 30 next week. But, um, yeah, good to see from him. Um, then the mediocre grades we've got uh, from highest to lowest, Devontae Wyatt, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, Kingsley Nigbari, Eric Wilson, Darnell Savage, Kenny Clark, Corey Ballantyne, Brenton Cox, and then below average, we have Colby Wooden, Isaiah McDuffie, Justin Hollins, Carrington Valentine, and the one bad grade was Quay Walker, which I'm actually, I'm not happy about it, but um, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's here and that I wasn't wrong because I was MFing that guy all day long, man. He was driving me nuts. And then you add that to me watching last week's game and just being like, come on, Quay, come on, Quay, come on, Quay. So um, again, without actually going back and watching, just from what I saw on the television, Quay Walker was driving me nuts. Anyways, breaking down the individual grades here, we got run defense, the uh, bad grades, Quay Walker, 50.8, Isaiah McDuffie, 50, Keyshawn, 43, and then Carrington Valentine with a 37. Good grades, we got Devontae Wyatt at about a 70, Kenny Clark, 70, Lucas Van Ness, 71, TJ Slayton, 71, Rudy Ford, 73, Devondre Campbell, 76, and Preston Smith with a 77. Tackling was pretty phenomenal across the board. Um, Savage was at a 53, and then it drops off significantly from there. Uh, Razul Douglas, 29. Colby Wooden, 27. And Carl Brooks, 23. Pass rush, just two positive grades. Carl Brooks and Rashawn Gary, again, grades are tough to come by with pass rush. And then coverage, um, the only bad coverage grade was Quay Walker, 48.3. The three positive grades, Razul Douglas at a 76, Keyshawn Nixon with an 81, Rudy Ford 81.4. Then we get into the statistics. 
And we've had some really good pass rush statistics, but this really wasn't one of those games. It was actually kind of bad, which is pretty disappointing because this is not a very good offensive line. Rashawn Gary kind of dragged the entire team. If we look at it, Preston Smith had 26 pass rush attempts and didn't get a single pressure. Not one on 26 attempts. That's kind of terrible. Justin Hollins had 10 attempts and didn't get one. TJ Slayton had eight attempts and didn't get one. There's a couple other single digits, but just looking at the double digits, Devontae Wyatt, 14 attempts and got one, so that's sub-10%. Kingsley Anigbare, 12 attempts, had one, sub-10%. Quay Walker had one on eight attempts, which for a linebacker is not very good. Kenny Clark had two pressures. Yes, one of them was a sack, but two pressures on 35 attempts. That's bad. That's 5.7%. And this is, I mean, honestly, this is what's going to worry me about this. The entire point of this defense is that it is just a dominant pass rush unit. And it seems like what they really did well this week was run defense, which sounds great until you realize, again, this is like the worst running team in all of football. So that makes me a little bit nervous. The pass rush has to be better. It can't just be Rashawn Gary dragging everybody around. Carl Brooks had two pressures on 21 attempts, which is, again, close to 10%, but it's still technically below 10%. For a team that was at like 15, 20% for everybody on the team, for like eight different guys, to go to like one guy was at even 10% is pretty bad. But that guy is Rashawn freaking Gary. He had five pressures on 20 attempts, including three sacks. One of the more dominant performances I've seen. You know, the real tragedy here is Rashawn Gary is on pace to have a historic year, and we're not going to see it because he's on a snap count. You know, I mean, we'll see when he can be a full go, but if it's not until like midseason, he's not going to get there. I mean, he, he's on pace right now to like break records. But um, again, it's not going to happen. He'll have a really good year if he can continue this, No, no question about it. But it's going to be one of those things where you have to like dig into PFF and try to convince people and Bears fans, he's not that good. He only had like 13 sacks. Or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if you look at it like per attempt or whatever, he's not going to get recognized for any awards. He's not going to get defensive player of the year. None of that because he's just not playing full games. That's the part that sucks. Um, again, four sacks, three from Rashawn, one from Kenny Clark, two hits that came from Rashawn and Kingsley and Igbare. The stops, uh, again, tackles that are negative plays for the offense. Um, Devondre, Razul, Keyshawn, Slayton, McDuffie, and Lucas Van Ness had one. Rudy Ford, Devontae Wyatt, Kingsley, and Igbare each had two. Kenny, Rashawn, and Quay had three. And then Darnell Savage led the team with four. Then looking at the coverage statistics, the most targeted was Corey Ballantyne, which is pretty shocking considering he played about 50% of the snaps as Razul Douglas did. I mean, literally, he played 30 snaps. Razul played 61. But six targets, four receptions, 50 yards, and he had a pass breakup. I mean, you can see right off the bat, I mean, he he was the most targeted. He gave up the most yards. I mean, they just went after him. So it's it's problematic when you start having guys go out. Um, Isaiah McDuffie was after that. He was five targets, five receptions, 34 yards. We're picking on him a little bit. Razul Douglas, five targets, three receptions, and a touchdown, but he also had a pass breakup. Um, Quay Walker, four targets, four receptions, 25 yards. Rudy Ford, four targets, just one reception for four yards and two pass breakups. You understand why he had such a dominant day. By the way, just going across the board, 88 overall, 73 run defense, 85 tackling, 81.4 coverage. I mean, he was dominant in all, all phases. Um Carrington Valentine, three targets, one reception, 27 yards. Darnell Savage, three targets, three receptions, 15 yards. Keyshawn Nixon, two targets, two receptions, 20 yards, and a pass breakup. 
I don't know how you have two targets, two receptions, and a pass breakup, but it is what it is. He broke up a pass he wasn't even targeted on, so that's pretty impressive. Anyways, let's take a quick break right here. I want to come back and look at some of the uh, NFL, um, like where our guys are at right now, where they're ranking, and we'll see how much more we can get done after that. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So obviously, quarterback is one of the weirdest ones. Jordan Love right now, as far as the passing grade, ranks 22nd which is not good. Overall grade, he ranks 23rd. However, <laughs> he's sandwiched in between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. So, you know, we'll see how she goes. Completion percentage, as we know, is bad. 53.1% is only above Zach Wilson. That's it. He ranks 33rd. He is below Justin Fields, who is at 58% and ranks 30th. He also ranks 17th in yards at 655 yards per attempt. He ranks 15th. Touchdowns, he is actually tied for third with Patrick Mahomes, which is obviously not bad company. And in fact, uh, Jordan has seven touchdowns and one pick. Pat Mahomes has seven touchdowns and two interceptions. So not a bad pace. Big time throw percentage, he ranks 13th between Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert at 3.9%. Turnover worthy plays, he ranks 21st, throwing a turnover worthy play 3.5%. Um, he is tied with Mac Jones. His adjusted completion percentage is actually worse. He actually ranks dead last, 34th below Kenny Pickett. Time to throw, he ranks 17th, tied with Kirk Cousins. And NFL passer rating, which he was number one in, is now all the way down to 13th. So, and again, this is what, what I was saying where, you know, these things where he ranks really, really high, some of this is really fluky stuff. You know what I mean? And when that starts to come down, it's going to drop fast. So we really need these bad things to come up. Because if they don't, he's going to be down in the 30s overall. That's just the way it goes. I know everybody's satisfied with how things are going. I'm just telling you the reality. It's going to be hard to find metrics where he doesn't rank really, really low. So 94.7 passer rating. Um, some of this stuff is just, it's got to get cleaned up fast. Wide receivers. Um, right now, Romeo Dobbs is the 18th highest graded wide receiver which is not terrible company to be in. Uh, there is a bit of a drop-off after that. Jaden Reed is currently 45th. 
Duntavian Wicks, 63rd, Samori Ture, 70th, and uh, that's it. Interestingly enough, Jackson Smith and Jigba is 93rd. I didn't know he was struggling that much. I only know that because I typed in GB to find Green Bay, and it's, it highlights his name. Looking at receiving yards, uh, Jaden Reed leads the team with 148, which ranks 40th. Most targeted is Romeo Dobbs with 19 targets. That ranks 32nd, tied with Jordan Addison, another uh, or a, a rookie. But you get to the fun stuff with touchdowns, and Romeo Dobbs is tied for second with Devontae Adams, just one spot behind Tyreek Hill, uh, Romeo Dobbs with his three touchdowns. And right behind that is uh, Jaden Reed, who is tied for fourth with two touchdowns. So just 22 wide receivers have either two or three touchdowns, and we got two of them on our team. Uh, tight ends, Luke Musgrave with his uh, 62 overall grade ranks 20th. I mean, it doesn't seem bad because, you know, 20th feels high, but it's out of 43 tight ends. So uh, not the greatest. He is tied for 8th in uh, receptions. He is 7th in yards at 124, so pretty solid, between Hunter Henry and Cole Komet. He is 6th in yards per reception at 11.3 between Trey McBride and Noah Gray. Right now is 14th in yards per route run. Running backs. Oh boy, here we go. Aaron Jones is not even on the list because he doesn't qualify because he doesn't have enough snaps. A.J. Dillon, as far as his overall grade is concerned, ranks 37th. I didn't even know it was this bad, man. 107 yards, 2.7 yards per attempt. I know part of that is the offensive line, but my goodness, that ranks 49th out of 58 running backs. Sheesh. I mean, to be fair, you got Josh Jacobs at 2.4 and Dalvin Cook at 2.3, so, you know, it happens, I guess, but that's just, that's bad. I mean, even yards after contact per attempt, he ranks 38th, you know? I mean, for a big bruising back, you kind of would hope for a little bit better than that, I guess. Missed tackles forced, he's 41st, just three. 10-yard runs, he ranks 41st, tied for 41st with just one. So, a little bit of yikes there. Switching over to the defense. Interior defensive line is not super fantastic. Our highest graded is Kenny Clark with a 68 PFF grade ranking 41st. We talked about this same thing last year. Bro, you're getting paid like a top five defensive tackle and you're not even a top 32 defensive tackle. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that PFF grades are the be all end all, but also I don't think that they're so wrong that you're actually a top five, but you're being graded as a as the 41st. I mean, he is three spots ahead of TJ Slayton. Now, his pass rush grade is better. That's true. But he ranks 19th. Fortunately, the statistics are where it's kind of paying off because he is tied for fourth with Quinn and Williams with his 12 total pressures. And he is tied for, I think, yeah, tied for first in sacks. So listen, it's not my favorite thing. But if you can stay up in pressures and sacks... I think we can say all is more or less forgiven, but we, we, that, that's kind of got to be a thing, either the pass rush grade or the pressures or something. Anyways, going back to overall grades, um, Kenny 41, Slayton 44, Wyatt is 50th, Carl Brooks is 74th, Colby Wooden is 101st. Run defense grades, TJ Slayton is 27th, um, Kenny is 65th, uh, Carl Brooks is 80th. Devontae Wyatt, 85th. Colby Wooden ranks 120th. This is out of 136. Pass rush grades, Kenny, 19th. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, 40th. Colby Wooden, 44th. Carl Brooks, 46th. TJ Slayton, 49th. I mean, you can see where we excel. 
Uh, and I think we got one more slacker in here somewhere. Don't we? Or did, no, I guess that's everybody. We Every single one of them is a top 50 pass rusher. <laughs> Slayton, Brooks, Wooden, Wyatt, yeah, and Clark. With Clark kind of standing out above the rest, but that's kind of crazy. Five top 50 pass rushing interior guys is, is uh, pretty solid. And then um, as far as the statistics, again, we've got Kenny Clark who is um, fourth in pressures. Devontae Wyatt is 11th in pressures. So uh, Clark has, so the highest is 13. Kenny has 12. Wyatt has has, uh, 10. So Devontae Wyatt, kind of sneaky good here, um, especially on a per snap basis, because um, aside from Jalen Carter, everybody else has more. So he has 63 pass rush snaps. Above him are 84, 89, 112, 69, 59, 95, 93, 102, 106, and 80. So some of these guys are almost double the amount of pass rush opportunities, and he has 10 pressures, which I guess we could just do the math. He's currently at 15.9%, just call it 16%, which is psychotic. Oh, and two sacks. Uh, Colby Wooden is tied for 39th with his five pressures. Uh, Carl Brooks is also there. TJ Slayton tied for 50th with his four pressures. And then with sacks, again, Kenny is tied for number one with three, but then there's Devontae Wyatt with his two just sitting right there. You got Carl Brooks has one. Uh, I think that's it. But yeah, and, and again, this is what we need, man. We can't have these guys take a step backwards and pass rush. If nothing else, we have this. This needs to be the most potent part of what we do. Then off the edge, uh, we've got... Overall, Rashawn Gary ranks 20th, Preston is 37th, Lucas Van Ness 52nd, Justin Hollins 67th, Kingsley is 96th. So maybe that big breakout after that, you know, one-handed sack was a little bit overstated. But not a terrible group here, right? And, and you know, understand Rashawn Gary, he's only ranked 20th because he has a 45 run defense grade. Speaking of run defense, uh, Preston Smith ranks 10th. Justin Holland's 27th, Lucas Van Ness is 51st, Kingsley is 98th, Rashawn is 111th. Now, again, I know pass rush is the most important thing, but come on, dog. You can't be like one of the worst. Then the fun stuff with the pass rush, uh, Rashawn Gary ranks 8th with his 83 grade. Lucas Van Ness, is he the next highest? I guess he is. Lucas Van Ness has the next highest. He ranks 56th. Then Kingsley 75th, Preston is 98th, Justin Holland's 105th. Then looking at statistics, uh, Rashawn Gary is 9th, which again is psychotic because, I mean, he has like a third the amount of pressures as some of these guys. It's crazy. He has 13 pressures and four sacks. He ranks 9th despite, you know, again, not hardly playing. Preston ranks uh, 53rd. Lucas Van Ness is 61st. I mean, we're, we're just going from 6th to 5th, so it's not that big of a, of a difference. But um, then you get all the way down to Kingsley, t- tied for 91st with his 3, on and on and on. And again, Rashawn Gary, absolutely ridiculous that he's tied with Micah Parsons, Montez Sweat, Matt Judon, Leonard Floyd, and Danico Autry with his sacks when he has just not played hardly at all. Just absurd. Uh, linebackers, nice and easy. Quay and Devondre ranked 19th and 20th. Quay was in contention for top grade until this past week where he kind of fell off the wagon apparently a little bit. But yeah, we got two top 20 linebackers. I can accept that. Quay kind of makes his money in coverage. He has an 81 PFF grade. 
Uh, Devondre is a little bit more even across the board. 75 run defense, 80 tackling, and 72 coverage. Uh, right now, as far as run defense, Devondre ranks 19th. In terms of coverage, Quay Walker ranks 4th. So, not a bad dynamic there. Corners a little bit unfortunate. Razul ranks 11th. Um, Keyshawn is 51st. Jair is 60th. And then uh, we don't need to worry about Carrington Valentine. As far as the coverage grades go, uh, Razul ranks 10th, which is great. But then you have Keyshawn 41st and Jair 52nd. Now, it's really just two games, and he had one good game and one bad game, right? So it's a little bit unfair, but it does suck a little bit. And then safeties, I'm pleased to report we don't have two of the worst safeties in football. Uh, Darnell Savage ranks 55th, and actually this is coverage, but sure, 55th, and Rudy Ford is 44th. Overall, Savage, 54th, Rudy Ford, 48th. So I'm looking down here at the worst, and I don't even see him. It's crazy. Well done, boys. Anyways, a couple other things here. Um, again, we're starting to see the negative thing that I didn't want to see, which is the CPOE, completion percentage over expected, stays low. Jordan Love this week had the third lowest CPOE, but the EPA per play was exactly average. He was, he was at the NFL average this week. So I'm not trying to stress people out. Congrats to Jordan. He obviously can do a lot of special things, and that's cool. I'm just saying it's freaking me out a little bit that the negative is staying negative and the positive is now starting to dissipate which is literally what I said was my fear from the beginning. You can't be mad at me for being worried about it, because I said, if that starts to happen, we're in trouble, and it's starting to happen, and I'm freaking out. And so now if you look at overall, instead of Jordan Love being like number one in EPA and like one of the worst in CPOE, he is the second worst in CPOE and is like one, two, maybe third still in EPA per play. But, you know, it's dropping. He's kind of hanging out with Matt Stafford right now. Matt Stafford and Andy Dalton are the two guys that are kind of in that same quadrant as Jordan Love. Anyways, a lot of this other stuff hasn't quite updated yet, so we will save that for another day. Why don't we take another quick break? We'll come back and uh, listen to uh, what Matt LaFleur had to say, and we'll see how much further we get beyond that. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Matt, how was that for a home opener? I feel like I'm in a dream right now. Um... I can't say enough about the guys in that locker room. Uh, try not to get emotional about it, but the resiliency they showed, the heart they showed, that was what it's all about right there. Tell me about that fourth quarter and your fourth quarter comeback. Like I said, it's, it's almost all a blur um, because it, it definitely wasn't how we scripted it or designed it. Um, just decided to try to go no huddle the rest of the game and, and do our two-minute offense. and can't say enough about our offense line providing the time for Jordan against a really good defense and then Jordan just out there balling um, making plays left and right uh, wasn't always exactly how you draw it up um, I thought our receivers were competing uh, our tight ends were com competing and you can't say enough about our defense just to be able to hold them all in the second half to only truly give up 10 points on the game um, it was just it was an incredible effort I guess we can now check the box of Jordan Love leading a fourth quarter comeback. That's a big step, right? I'd say so. Yeah, I think uh, just the poise that he has because he was frustrated. I think a lot of us on offense were were frustrated. I was frustrated. Um, you know, it's 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 not fun when you keep going over on, on every drive, and it just seemed like we had a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties 
put us in some get back on track situations, a lot of third down and longs. And it wasn't until we kind of just said, screw it, let's go with no huddle. And, and then we finally started to uh, put some plays together. How about your defense pitching a shutout in the second half? Oh, that was that was big time. Those guys, um, when we needed it, uh, definitely definitely stepped up. I thought just the effort was there all all game. I can't say enough about uh, the impact that Rashawn Gary made, and he's he's still been limited. Um, but to come up with three sacks, that I mean that's absolutely incredible. Matt, and I know you don't use this as an excuse, but this was without five of your very, very best players. Yeah, it is what it is. And then we have a guy like Devondre Campbell going down early. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm sure a lot of people counted us out, but the guys in that locker room, they believed in one another. They believed in themselves. And that's what this game's all about because at the end of the day, nobody cares. They, they expect if you're running out there with a, with a G on your helmet, they expect you to perform at a high level. And, and that's great. That's, that's what this organization's all about. Young team, a lot for that young team to build on. Oh, absolutely. Just just the never-say-die attitude. I, I've never been a part of a game like that before. Um, Got to give a lot of credit to our coaching staff to um, just stand resilient as well and, and our players and everybody involved in this thing. So that was Matt LaFleur immediately after the game. And again, that, that is great to hear the coach talk about how special that was. I do want to play something though. I, I went and did the work to go find it and so I'm going to play it. This is sort of the, the negative side of things. I know I'm the negative guy. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. I'm just pointing things out. This is one year ago after the week three performance. Matt, what a game. Green Bay 14, Tampa Bay 12. What can you say about it? Uh, it was a physical game. Uh, you know, our guys battled right to the final play. And uh, just really proud of the group effort. Uh, certainly some things we need to clean up. But I think anytime you can hold a, a team like that to 12 points, you got a great chance at winning the football game. Um, and it's just, I thought it was an outstanding defensive performance. And we got we to gotta build on it because that's, that's a really good football team. So you notice the similarities there. There's a few of them. Number one, very excited. Not as excited, but very excited with the overall performance of the team. Second of all, we went on to beat an NFC South opponent, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in a low-scoring, very close game, 14-12. to We were 2-1 after that game. Then we went to play the New England Patriots. We beat them 27-24 in another very close game. And then we went on a five-game losing streak. We lost 27-22 to the Giants, 27-10 to the Jets, 23-21 to the Commanders, 27-17 to the Bills, and 19-15 to the Lions. This is what that sounded like just a short time later after the Lions game. Same interview. Late in the fourth quarter, you get the defensive stop you needed. You get the drive by the offense that you wanted, but come up one play short. What do you think? Oh, yeah, obviously disappointed. I thought the effort was there. Um, didn't win the ball. We had too many penalties at, at inopportune times. And, you know, we're in a, a real funk. And uh, the, only w the only way we get out of this is we gotta, we got to do it ourselves. we got to work our way out of this. And um, certainly I, I know each week is a, a tough test. And um, like I told the guys, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Give Detroit credit. But, um, yeah, this, is, uh, this is, is about as low as it's gotten here. So, again, all that to say, things can go. I, I've, I've laid out the case for how positive things can go if we just continue. 
if if certain things can just go a certain way, one of those things obviously is health, but it's not just all health, man. You know, if Jordan can just start completing a couple extra passes, like one or two of those deep shots, you know what I mean? If we can get the run game just just back to what it was before, not not like best running game in football, but just good, just competent, it can be a really good football team. But, you know, it's worth noting we're on a similar trajectory as we were last year. And we do not want to get into the slump that we got into last year. And I hope we don't. You know, I mean, remember, we, we had Rodgers break his thumb, which was sort of a change of trajectory thing. And I think everybody kind of got into a funk at that point. Right now, the team is on a high. And we need to carry that and continue that. Because it can get dark really fast. And that, that you know, choked up, you know, super emotional, I've never seen anything like this before, most special day of my life kind of feeling can go away pretty quick. And the jubilation for Jordan Love being the guy can can start to dissipate pretty quick if it turns into 150 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Suddenly he goes from hero to nobody. And, you know, no run game. And the defense is, you know, again, they can't stop the run and they can only seem to pressure if it's a terrible offensive line. Which basically, if you lay all that out, means everything is horrible. So we are on the cusp of something special. We're also teetering really dangerously close to the other side of the cliff. Things are rocky, things are volatile, things are kind of swinging all over the place, and it's crazy and it's wild and it's exciting and it's fun, but it's it's also urgent. Anyways, a couple other little locker room things here. Here is Dontavian Wicks. What does it say about Jordan to, to be poised and control? You're down 17 in the fourth for him to lead the comeback and uh, pull it off. What does that say about him as QB? Man, I just show you how great of a leader, you know, and a player he is, you know, to be poised to, you know, bring us back 17 you know, um, and I think I think of him highly, you know, as as I think we all do. You know, we knew, you know, it, we wasn't surprised. We see him do it every day, so, you know, we know what he can do. Um, you know, like I was telling him in the game, be him. Because you know, we all know what he could do, so when he did it, it wasn't no surprise to us. Then here's a couple from uh, Luke Musgrave. Uh, I don't know if she says his name, but this is about Jordan Love. Is that the kind of confidence that you have in Jordan? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, I have so much confidence in Jordan, and uh, pretty pretty blessed uh, to play on his team. I don't know what your vantage point of that Jane Reed catch was. It's right next to it. Amazing catch. Uh, but that he makes those catches all the time. Um, he's got great hands. He's a great receiver. So uh, you know, it's it's an everyday thing. But it's a great catch. That's kind of hard to hear, but. Um, you know, talking up Jordan Love, but then the the other part that I liked was talking about Jaden Reed. He said he was right out, right next to him when he made that catch, and um, really amazing catch. But the the best part is he says that he makes those kinds of catches all the time. Because remember, I mean, the, these guys practice together. That's the other thing I I didn't play it, but you know, Musgrave spent a lot of time talking about you know we we never really felt out of it. We knew we could be better than this that. It, I, I we don't know what this team is, and and to some degree the Packers don't know what this team is either. But they also still they practice together, right? So so they see some really impressive Jordan Love throws. They see some really impressive catches, some really impressive blocks and runs, and all these different kinds of things. So from their point of view, which is really positive, they're looking at this. And 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 Musgrave had even said this in this interview. Like, well, we had a bunch of penalties, but once we got that cleaned up, we can get we got back to being the kind of offense we knew we could be. I mean, the, the Packers view themselves as a premier offense. Maybe they're delusional. I don't know. But um, it's just kind of cool to, to hear him say it and to speak so freely about it and so um, 
confidently not it doesn't sound like coach speak nonsense i mean he's just like yeah dude we're we're freaking like i mean there was penalties and stuff but then we got back to just being dominant and that's just the way it goes like dude they they only put up 17 points that was stupid sucks to be them bro we can clean that up easy in a quarter here is preston smith talking about jordan and to be clear i'm not singling out like hey let me just go find every comment about jordan love the reporters are the ones doing it i, I and i, I just want to point that out because I do find it like it's exciting and it's cool and and all that and like I like hearing it, but at the same time it is it is a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, if you're talking to Luke Musgrave and he didn't have a massive game, then one of the questions could be like, how cool is it that Jordan led this comeback? You're talking to Preston Smith, who's on the defense, who really was the main reason we won this game was the defense, and the first question is about Jordan Love. I, I, I mean, it's it's fine. I'm just I'm just letting you know. I'm not, this is first question right out of the gate. Tell me about Jordan Love to Preston Smith. I'm playing it because I like it, but I just don't want you to think that I'm like doing this because I'm I'm not. I'm just, this is what we're being given and I'm giving it to you. Man, as y'all see, just like us, man, but we you know we've been believing in, in Buddy Love, as I call him. Buddy Love. He's been playing at a high level, man. We know, we, we know what he can do and we know, we, you know, as long as we have his back and we, and we stay consistent, he can keep us in any game. He, we can win any game, you know, with him and our quarterback. We know he has a lot of ability. He can make the throws. You see, he can run. He can run. He says sometimes he lowers his shoulder. Sometimes he sh- he makes a man miss. Man, you know, he hit him with the okey doke. Man, switches up. But you know, Jordan Love has a lot of ability, man, to win games in this league. A lot of games. You guys have had confidence in him, but when he comes through like he did today for you guys, uh, does that boost the confidence you had to actually see it? Come man, we got max confidence in him already. <laughs> like. Whether that happened today or not, we always believe him. We know he has the ability to get that done and, and to do that on a consistent basis, to play like this on a consistent basis, week in and week out, and we just make sure that as long as we do our part, we know he can deliver. So I, I, I like that because it was technically it's, it's the right answer, right? <laughs> because it's, it's sort of like that Colin Coward thing where it's like, well, he's improving. He's improving? So you mean he wasn't perfect? This guy's trash. He didn't fall into that trap. Preston was asked, you know, does it does a performance like that increase your performance or your your uh, belief in him? And he's like, no, dude, I was at 100%. You can't go up from 100%. <laughs> I'm sure it did, but it was a good answer. Anyways, now we get to somebody asking him about the defense, and, and the question was basically second half shutout. Talk about it. Play relentless, man. There's a lot of things that didn't go our way in the first half, man. We went inside, made some adjustments, fixed those things, came out with the right mindset, and we got behind our offense, man, made sure that we put the, kept us in the game. To, you know, to get them a chance to get the ball and go down and score. Now, I think that's important to mention too because, you know, I, I mentioned the defense wasn't perfect, and I feel weird saying that because it's like, well, you can't really complain about the defense. But if you think about it, it was a second half shutout, which is to say that in the first half they scored 17 points, which means you're on pace for 34. 17 points and a half is a lot of points. It wasn't a perfect performance, and to hear Preston come out and be like, yeah, I mean, we, we were messing some stuff up, we made some adjustments, we're good to go. Perfect. I'm not complaining at all, that's awesome, I just am glad that you verified that I'm not crazy when I was watching it going, this isn't very good. But I love it. I love that, you know, Joe Barry in particular decided, he, he, he took the information and said, here's what we're doing wrong, here's how we're going to fix it, and pitched a shutout. To go from a game that's on pace for 34 points to a game that's on pace for zero points, is a pretty massive adjustment. Now, yes, they did lose their quarterback. I understand all that, but that's that's not that's not telling the whole story. Lots of things got better. So, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, it was offense and defense was struggling in the beginning. 
offense and defense picked it up in the second half. Granted, for the offense, it was mostly the fourth quarter, and the defense, it was the entire second half, but that was pretty much the story of the game. Then I got to play Razul because I've mentioned this before. This guy cracks me up. Razul, again, giving off, I freaking hate the media vibes. (laughs) If you go to YouTube and just look at the look on his face before the, the interview even starts, and then, it, and then this is how it starts. I mean, again, he, he asks the question back to you like you're an idiot. I just, it's kind of unnecessary, but it kind of cracks me up. He just, he just, I don't know. You can see when they say this guy talks on the field, I bet he makes people feel real small, man, because he's, he's good at this. What was this room like to come into today? Was what room? The, the, this locker room, uh, to winning that way, what was this locker room like? That just cracks me up, man. What, what what room? What what do you talk? What room? Stupid. <laughs> oh, Razul. He's got his arms folded, just scowling at people. Anyways, all that aside, uh, this is kind of cool too, and it's 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 getting away from Preston a little bit. Preston's like, no, we we always knew we were great. We always knew we were elite. Same with Musgrave and and Razul being a little bit more, I think, real with the answer. The question being, again, these these are basically the same questions, to just repackaged for each player, but. Like, what does a game like that do for you as a as a team and as a defense? Yeah, we needed it. We needed it. Uh, and I think that, that boosted all our confidence up and it just made us realize that we are who we think we are. We just got to do it. You know what I mean? So, again, he's, he's kind of being real about it insofar as saying, you know, we, we needed that. We needed that boost. And we needed that opportunity to kind of see, like, yeah, we, we can be that dude. We can be that defense that we want to be. We just got to go execute it. So, you know, I mean, and, and that means there is some doubt when you're not playing very well. When you have kind of a week like last week, you kind of start to question yourself a little bit. And then you go out and, you know, again, you come out of halftime and you pitch a shutout and you just shut a team down. And it, it helps you build confidence, especially when the entire team comes back and plays together as a unit. You know, defense does its job. Offense does its job. Special teams does its job. And you erase a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. Anyways, these tend to get kind of resilient, I feel like, or uh, resilient. I was reading the word resilient on uh, Kenny Clark's video here. It says, proud of how resilient we were as a team. What I meant to say was, these get repetitive. It's the same questions, and the guys give generally the same answers. But, you know, the, the point is that they're they're excited, and it's great momentum, and, and the, these guys are on a high with, regardless of what their answers were, offensively and defensively, there is an element of, like, of, of a... a either a renewed sense of belief, especially for the defense, or a new sense of belief for the offense, which is young and hasn't really built an identity yet. And we just really got to hope that that carries into Thursday. I really think that's the biggest thing. So anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.